Music and fun. Miskin Radio. So, Tom Griggs, now, it's not the first time you've been up close uh, with, with a band. You were, you were sort of 90s band Suede's bodyguard. Yeah, at least in someone's eyes, yeah. I went to see them when I was, uh, God, a lot younger. And um, they, they did a fantastic set in Oxford. And as we were leaving, my mate had sort of got 15 yards ahead of me. And I said to him, evidently in quite a stern voice, where are you going? And this very nervous teenager stood right in front of me who I hadn't even seen. said, oh, I was just going over there. And so in that split second, I had a decision about whether to correct him or not. And I just said, uh, OK, fine. And just kind of styled it out. How but it didn't lead, unfortunately, to a career as a celebrity bodyguard, which I would, would have enjoyed. In fact, I, still, I sometimes tell taxi drivers I'm a celebrity bodyguard. Who for? Uh, I, I don't specify because then they can't sort of Google it or check it, check it out. Mm. I just kind of, yeah, wax lyrical about a very pleasant lifestyle in L.A. And the taxis in London? Yeah, the taxi drivers in London, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's probably a sign I'm deeply unsatisfied with my real life, but there you go. The Palette Social, if you could be a bodyguard for one person, who would it be? We wouldn't, we would do, we wouldn't reveal that. That's a safety issue to say who we're guarding. That's so. very professional, mm. that is, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is the Palette Social with Jack, Sam and Freddie, and that was Jack who we're now going to be turning the mic off for that disgraceful pointing out of true, <laughs> true authority. <laughs> Maybe they could hire me. Mm. Well, this is why we're here tonight, chaps. This is actually why we're here. We're not actually in a radio Surely studio. Yeah, okay. Premium bonding. <laughs> Premium yeah. bonding, nice. Um, and you also had an incident with a naked Tom York of Radiohead. I have seen Tom York naked, yeah. yeah. We used to uh, go, and probably, in my case, we used to go to the same gym. And uh, yes, I, I saw him change. I mean, I didn't, I didn't seek him out in order to do so, but I, I have seen Tommy Ott naked. What was he doing? Literally, for, he, well, <laughs> he was bending over, but he was doing so in order to put on his pants. So it's perfectly responsible. <laughs> I, I'm assuming it was in the changing room that he was bending over. Yes, it was in the changing room. Yeah, it was all perfectly above board. But, but it wasn't it, one of those. It wasn't one of those gyms that you know they have in Vauxhall in London. In, was, inverted commas. No, right. So he's there, and you can kind of get me very heavily sued what? by someone How did you, whose did lawyers you, I couldn't possibly hope to compete with. Did you know it was Tom York from behind, or did you, <laughs> did, you know, did you only figure out when he turned around? Rudolf Nuroyev used to have a, a collection of photographs of men's bottoms, but no, I didn't recognise him from behind. I'd seen him in the gym earlier. But he, yeah. put, but he puts the effort in. He definitely puts the effort in. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good from, from behind, certainly. I, I didn't see his abs. And but he did look good from behind. Yeah. You like that one, Sam? I do. It was fantastic. And, and uh, with, with, with comedy, um, I mean, you, like, the, I think the thing that I particularly like about, about your comedy, Tom, is that you, you riff a lot, don't you? you? You go on, it's not as if you have a script, like a lot of, com- a lot of comedians go on with a script. Yeah. You will just go on, talk to the audience, not necessarily pick on the audience, because that's an entirely different thing. But... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it... You know, it sounds more impressive than it is in the sense that I've tried it the other way and I'm, and I'm hopeless. Um, I can't really tell even other people's jokes. I'm no good at that. Um, but I do enjoy it more. And I think people appreciate when it's obvious they are experiencing something unique. I mean, it's very different from, from music in that, you know, a song can endure, well, forever, really. And what we do as comedians is pretty ephemeral. Right. I mean, there are sort of sitcoms people love and there are bits that people have done that, that that comedians have done that people love. But actually what we do is doesn't sort of last in the same way. So maybe you kind of make a virtue out of that by yeah existing in the moment and 
So kind of the difference between me doing a set and me comparing is pretty small, almost non-existent, arguably. And other compares are very nice about that when I've exhausted all the questions before they come back on. But is it is it a timing thing? You know, you're saying that you wouldn't be able to tell someone else who's Jake. Is it the timing you think you wouldn't get? Is it what is it that you wouldn't? You know, if if you were given a joke to tell, like you know, build up punchline, bang. Yeah, I mean, again, they're not like songs. So I mean, you can certainly take someone else's song and put your own spin on it and, and you know, make it your own. Um, Trent Reznor says that Hurt is now Johnny Cash's song, you know, for example. Um, I just feel flat when I do it, really. I feel flat if I work to any kind of script. I should say, I don't, I mean, I'm not deprecating comedians who have a different approach. Mm. I love people who plot it all brilliantly. Um, and it's really delightful when you see someone who you know is not ad-libbing because you, maybe you've seen the material before, but they come across like they are. That is a real skill. Mm. But I just... Um, Churning out the same stuff over and over again, I find tedious. And I guess it's also because I don't have a single bit which I know will kill. None. But equally, if I'm on form, I can get away with murder. And it's important then actually not to let standards drop too low. You kind of have to say to yourself, no, I need to kind of make sure my game is pretty high tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is kind of thrilling to not quite know what's going to happen. Yeah, is that thrill? I mean, do, do you do you guys the palette social? Do you ever get that kind of? I guess you can't get it with music, but like always talk, talking to the crowd. Do you, do you enjoy that element of of performing? Uh, I I don't so much, but I think I think that you can adapt to a crowd. Like, um, mm. there's a big skill in reading the room and being like, okay, they're feeling this kind of vibe tonight. I'm not gonna force this thing on them. And you maybe adjust your set. Uh, that's uh, I suppose that's the one way we could approach it. Or because we, we like to experiment with different genres, so we may pick specific material beforehand, hoping we know what kind of crowd it will be. But um, And if you're... Sorry to interrupt you. If you're opening for someone, if, you, if you're opening for someone, then you kind of got to gauge what the audience is there for. Like, mm. if, you're, if you're doing a show where perhaps the headline act is quite sort of pop-orientated, or they might be a bit more sort of hip-hop-orientated or something. Luckily, because we straddle kind of a few different aspects of music we can kind of go on with a variety of different bands and vice versa but we will tailor our set to suit the the crowd that we're kind of performing to really which kind of takes away the sort of self-indulgent element of it to a degree i think you know you get bands who are like oh yeah we just play all the stuff that we want to play but you you kind of have to consider that the audience is coming to they're paying money to see you guys perform what they want to hear in a lot of respects. And also think about ways that you ultimately want from performing with an audience. Do you want to connect with them or do you want to just maybe showcase the side of yourself? Yeah. Like if you, and that's what I was wondering, like listening to you, like mm. uh, is maybe an aspect of you enjoying the more improvisational side, the fact that you feel you're getting to put more of yourself into it because you're reacting organically as opposed to maybe being restricted. By yeah, that's a great question. And, and the answer is yes. I, I kind of feel I'm more me, weirdly, than if I sit down and try and craft something. I feel my personality, if you like, comes out much more if it is organic. But it's, it's really intriguing, isn't it? Because I, I actually sympathise with musicians a lot that they have to go and do shows. And once you kind of build a fan base and people have come specifically to see you and they want the same thing, I imagine it does get quite draining. Um, and yet I went to see, um, I went to see James a while ago and they played hardly any of their hits and did all their kind of new stuff and I did find it annoying but actually I would you know defend to the death their right to do that and it's it's tricky isn't it because 
once you sort of feel you're pandering, first of all, I think I know when I have tried to sort of think, well, the audience will like something like this, and it's something I don't actually think is any good. First of all, I tend to have underestimated them. And second of all, it's not a very enjoyable experience. I mean, with you guys, obviously, as you have such an eclectic um, sense of music, you're not actually compromising, you're tailoring it, and that's a bit different. But I think with comedy, certainly, it's a it's a pretty good policy just to do what you think is funny and hope that people agree, mm. which sounds very self-indulgent, but actually, otherwise, you end up doing it by numbers. And I never find I laugh at something if it doesn't surprise me. No, that, right. that is a line. I like that. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is uh, Communion Song Grieves with me and the Palette Social, which is Jack, Sam and Freddie. They're going to be in live session um, in around about 20 minutes and we're going to be hearing more from them after this. Right, now that is a very special track. That is from One Day Elliot. It's called The Soundcheck Song, uh, which ironically, the Palette Social have just been doing their soundcheck. And it's off a new record. It's called Triple A Side. Basically, it's, called, it's, it's, it's actually a sound check they did, and then they <coughs> formed it into a, a piece of music. And it's an extra song you can get. I've got it in front of me here. It's a lovely, like, sort of cartoon. It's lovely. Uh, sort of like a Marvel comic, the, al- the album Mart. And the sound check song is only on the physical version, which you can get by messaging the band on their Facebook page. They're called One Day Elliot. And uh, I've been told to, to tell everyone that the chap involved, the sound guy, is a chap called Vic Wintergreen. So, hello, Vic Wintergreen, wherever you are tonight. Um, so, we're joined by comedian Tom Greaves and Bexley Heath Band, The Palette Social. Now, the, the Palette Social, what, what genre are you? Because when, I understand that when you met, you were all multi-genre artists, and you, you were, when you actually met, you were doing a completely different genre as to what you are now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've played together on a bunch of different band projects. Like we, we still actually accompany a couple of other artists as a backing band. And when we first got together, we sort of, uh, I just, I just invited Sam and Freddie to come down and join me for sort of some, I don't know, like acoustic pop rock type stuff, quite simple stuff. And then just because we had such a good time playing together, uh, it naturally evolved into us trying to form a project and then it sort of ended up swapping genres. We actually started to talk about this music that we really love to play, which is a lot more progressive and experimental. I, I think at best, I mean, I suppose at the core of a lot of what we do, there is a, a rock edge to it that we all grew up with that enjoying the raw side of music. And uh, so, if I mean, if we say prog rock, that maybe creates the wrong image, but technically I suppose that is the closest thing to what we do. I think we're, I think what, we're, what we kind of suffer with is, is certain... Well, most genres each have their own stereotype or idea of what it is. And uh, we're trying to kind of get away from that a little bit and try and just kind of re- make something new. Because, mm. I mean, I understand that like, it is the most ridiculous question to ask, to ask a band, like, what genre are you? Because it totally pigeonholes you. But because the thing that I'm interested in, because you're all pretty, like, multi, you know, saying, like, multi-genre musicians, how do you pick one? How on earth do you say, as three, as three like, artists, right, we're going to do this? Is it purely through experimentation because to me that's bonkers like how that would drive me mad if i was if i was part of that entirely we literally got together and basically said yes to everything that we possibly thought was possible it's like can we do this yes should we add an extra beat to it yeah okay uh should we have a guitar solo here yeah why not it means that some of our songs can be quite long and yeah further down the line we started saying yes this could be improved by possibly taking this bit away but I mean, the way that it kind of works is Jack's usually in the driving seat. He's a complete, like, melting pot of ideas um, and is a complete joy to work with. He usually sends the parts out to me and Sam, and a lot of it's done kind of remotely because 
I live on the other side of the world by comparison and <laughs> travel travel across uh, all, all seven kingdoms of Westeros to come and come and see the band. But um, but yeah, it's cool. Like it's it's great to it's great to be in a working environment where everyone everyone's really really switched on and wants to make it work. Everyone's putting in a hundred percent commitment to it, and we say we're going to do something and we do it. Like it's, it, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's amazing. Like I've worked with many, many, many bands over, over the years, and they say, "Oh yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do this, we'll do this." But with Palette, it's like everything's kind of been really well thought out, really w- well laid out, and you know, there's very much a kind of action plan in place. But in terms of in terms of the actual content, that is possibly the only thing that isn't planned. And you've just uh, completed your first music video. You've just feel, like finished yes. filming it. What but, but I, I love about this, right, is it was in it was in Jack's uh, mum's old abandoned workplace. Yes. I love I love that it was abandoned. Like I like the impression that there was I mean what sort of what sort of workplace was it? Well it, it was this uh, it was a it was a betting company and it was their head offices, so it's quite a big multi story it was, their, it was their head office, so it was a really big corporate sort of place. And the, and the song that we were filming a video for was frankly about how money controls your lives and you're trapped by it. And we wanted to film in a place where it was a destroyed, a business that had basically failed. And then I tried to find a studio where I could recreate that. And then I went into this, this place where it actually really happened and it is filled with people's old clothes and mementos and letters and you can see all old work files where my mum's name's written all over it and my mum's old friends like there's actual history there so when it actually came to trying to create a set like it was just there because this really was a business that had failed and there really were lives affected by it so you you didn't cripple the business in order to be able to shoot the video the the business failed quite a while ago so i mean that would have been a lot You're not of some sort of evil genius who. It was a high budget video. We had a lot of security guards to hire and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Is that why you talk? Is that how you know each other, Tom? You were that security guard <laughs> at, that, yeah. at that music video. Yeah. Um, okay, guys. So uh, I'll let you introduce your first live song. Uh, yeah, this is the Palette Social, and this is The Man Who Built These Walls.
my eyes just to hide from this new world I've designed. What I would give to rewind. How could I have been so blind? I shut my eyes because it's easier than living this life. I can't rebuild what's lost to find a way to go back in time. That is the Palette Social, the man who built these walls. They're going to be doing a second live song after this from Empathy Test. That is Empathy Test Demons. So it is time now for the second live song. Now, if you want to watch this as well, um, go onto the Miskin Radio Facebook page and you can actually watch it live. It is the Palette Social in live session and um, I'll let you introduce your second song. Uh, this song is called Creatures of Your Design.
That was the sumptuous palette social with the track Creatures of Your Design. We're going to be chatting to them uh, about that live session and again to comedian Tom Greaves after this on Miskin Radio. So that is a world exclusive. That is the first time that song has ever been played on the radio. It's called When We Were Young. It's by the Brereton's, Mark and Charlotte Brereton from Tunbridge Wells. And they are live at the Trinity Theatre on Saturday. If you want to go to the single launch and buy the single, I very much recommend to. So that was a lovely world exclusive. So we're here with uh, comedian Tom Greaves and uh, Bexley Heath Band, the Palette Social. They, the guys in the Palette Social have just done a, a phenomenal session for us. Um, yeah. That was good, wasn't it, Tom? It was, it was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I was really hoping they would be good, actually. I've, I've often wondered what would happen if uh, if you ended up on a chat show yeah. with with someone else and they were you just thought they were rubbish. Yeah. And where do you draw the line in terms of like, oh, yeah, it was good, it was good. But they, I think they're brilliant. The gateway to your community, Miskin Radio.